Welcome to the weekly podcast of Soul Purpose Evangelical Church, located in the city of Middletown, New York. Today's message will be brought to you by our senior pastor, Reverend Albert Feliciano Sr. Each week we stream our live recorded services to encourage, build up, and edify our listening audience. Our aim is to share with you the uncompromised and infallible word of the living God. Our prayer is that today's message will draw you closer in your relationship with Jesus Christ. And now, here is Pastor Albert with today's word. Saints of God, we know we're here for the Resurrection Sunday message. Praise God. I will tell you again, I said this last week, you know, the holiday messages are the hardest ones to preach and teach on because we've all heard it before. But I guarantee you there's fresh bread from heaven. Pay attention, stay with me, praise God, and uh, we're going to get through this in the name of Jesus Christ with joy, with rejoicing, and understanding the great gift and the guarantees of God's salvation. I I would like to say the title this morning is The Great Guarantees in Christ's Resurrection. We're going to be reading from from 1 Corinthians 15, verses 1 through 24. The Word of the Lord says, Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which was preached to you, which also you received and in which you stand, by which also you are saved, if you hold fast that word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you first of all that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures, and that he was seen by Cephas, then by the twelve. After that he was seen by over five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain to the present. But some have fallen asleep. After that he was seen by James, then by all the apostles. Then last of all he was seen by me also, as by one born out of due time. For I am the least of the apostles, who am not worthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Therefore, Whether it was I or they, so we preach, and so you believed. Now, if Christ is preached, that he has been raised from the dead, how do some among you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty and your faith is also empty. Yes, and we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he did not raise up, if, in fact, the dead do not rise. For if the dead do not rise, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then also those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If, count how many ifs? In this life, we only have hope in Christ. We are of all men the most pitiable. But now Christ is risen from the dead. And he has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since by man came death, By man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. But each one in his own order, Christ the firstfruits. Afterward, those who are Christ at his coming. Then comes the end, when he delivers the kingdom to God the Father, when he puts an end to all rule and all authority and all power. Glory to God in the highest. Saints of God, you may take your seats this morning in the presence of the Lord. Praise God. 
You already know. It's time to buckle up your seatbelts. Praise the Lord. We're about to go where no man has gone before. Praise God. This past Friday, we reflected on the death, the burial of Jesus Christ. We reflected on the betrayal of Judas. We spoke about Peter's three denials, Pilate's decision to allow Jesus to be crucified. We had the song that was sung beautifully by our sister Cynthia, the Via Dolorosa, which talked about the passion of Christ and how he carried his cross down that road. The complete suffering and substitutionary death for all sinners. The Bible says that whomsoever will call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So that throws that whole Calvinism elect nonsense right out the window. De uh, the devil, uh, hell is prepared for the devil and his angels. It's not prepared for mankind. However, there will be men and women that believe they walk right with God, but they will end up in hell because they have no relationship with the risen Lord. They are not covered by the blood of Jesus. They might have been to church a few times. They might have read a few scriptures. But Jesus will tell them that day in their face, Behold, I never even knew you. This is why it's so important to receive the love of Christ Jesus. This great sacrifice was made so that you don't have to end up in a place where it is apart from God, apart from his love, apart from his peace, a place of torment and weeping and gnashing of teeth. That is not a place designed or planned for you. The supreme example of God's love for mankind is when he sent his beloved son to die in our place. He loves his creation. He loves you. He loves me. He loves us. We shared how all these gro uh, uh, gloomy things took place on Friday, but Sunday is coming. Praise God. Well, today, Sunday is here. Praise God. Today is Resurrection Sunday. Our Lord rose from the grave. The grave couldn't hold him down. Jesus is alive. Our Savior is risen. Praise the Lord. Death has been defeated. He took the keys away from sin and death, and he rose up from the grave. Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. They were fulfilled. The resurrection of Christ provides us with some serious, great, and wonderful guarantees. And I'm going to share a few of them with you this morning. Number one on the list, the guarantee that Jesus Christ, the risen Lord, is our Savior. He is the Messiah. He is the Anointed One. The resurrection of Jesus Christ declares Him as Son of God. Romans 1, 3 through 4, it says, Concerning His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who was born of the seed of David according to the flesh, and declared to be the Son of God with power according to the Spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. Let me tell you something, saints of God. There have been many conquerors in our history, but every single conqueror in our society, in our history, any battle that's ever been won and conquered by others, they themselves have been conquered by death. Alexander the Great is greatly dead. Genghis Khan is now gone. Attila the Hun is now done. The great Julius Caesar has now ceased. Napoleon Bonaparte, his stomach was torn apart. He died of stomach cancer. Hannibal was done in by botanicals. He was poisoned to death. They all conquered lands. They all conquered people, enemies, but they themselves were conquered by death. All kings who ever lived or ruled on earth have been conquered by death. Even queens have been conquered by death. Philosophers, poets, celebrities, artists, all conquered by death. Socrates, Plato, Aristotle, great thinkers, dead. Even religious leaders are still in their graves. Mother Teresa, Martin Luther the King, Billy Graham, 
Even atheists who have slipped into eternity are now believers. Sadly, too late. Stephen Hawkins is now understanding the real meaning of life. False gods, false prophets are also dead. Cult leaders are dead. Presidents are dead. Even the fake wannabe messiahs are dead. Jose Luis de Jesus Miranda, who claimed to be Jesus Christ, the man, and has a following in Florida and international over 2 million people. Dead. I can't believe that 2 million people followed a Puerto Rican that claimed he was Jesus. Jesus wasn't Boricua. Unbelievable. Do you know that now, before his death, he had his uh, uh, forehead tattooed with 666. He says that we got it all wrong, that the 666 is actually the number of man and that it's the number of God-man. And all his followers started tattooing themselves 666. Moreover, he died of kidney stones or whatever, some kidney disease. And afterwards, they put him in a freezer. They did not bury him. You know why? Because they're waiting for him to resurrect from the dead. His body is on ice, but his soul is on fire. Just saying. Even biblical heroes died. Samson was not strong enough to defeat death. Solomon was not wise enough to defeat death. David defeated Goliath, but he couldn't defeat death. Methuselah, he lived 969 years, and he too died. Lazarus died, and he was brought back to life four days later, and he lived, and he walked, and he ate with Christ. He saw the resurrection of Jesus, and then later on, he died again. Enoch and Elijah were the only two human beings that were taken into heaven alive. Glory to God. The Bible says Enoch walked with God, and he was no more. That means he was so tuned into the spirit. That brother had a prayer life that we could only hope for. Praise God. That brother walked right into the kingdom. That's somebody's makeup. Hallelujah. There was a day where I used to be nervous checking my collar, but not today. Hallelujah. I'm delivered, set free. I got a woman of God. Praise God. That'll come out in the wash. Hallelujah. <laughs> Elijah, the other man that was carried into heaven by a chariot of fire. He went right into glory. Both of them went in in the flesh. They walked into the spirit as flesh. It's hard to understand. But guess what? The Bible says that in the great tribulation, two witnesses that are going to come down and, and be utilized by God in this great tribulation period that's going to fall on earth. I believe it's those two, Enoch and Elijah, because the Bible says it is appointed to every man to die. And then the judgment, which is found in Hebrews 9.27. But guess what? Even Enoch and Elijah are going to meet their doom. They're going to die in that great tribulation period. And the Bible says then three days later, after everybody's reported their death, after they're dancing around and celebrating like it's Christmas and exchanging gifts because the troublers of the land are now dead. We're back. We could be back to our wicked self. Three days later, the Bible says they will rise from their death and all the whole world will see it happen. Buddha, dead. Vishnu, dead. Sun Young Moon, dead. How about this? The king, dead. I'm all shook up. Now he's all dug up. Michael Jackson, <laughs> dead. 
Death gets us all. It's 100%. Everyone, one out of one, die. 100%. And the Bible says, after this, the judgment. But there is only one person in all of creation that was able to come out of the grave. And that is our Lord, our Savior, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. He is the only one that conquered the grave, conquered the death. Hallelujah is appropriate to shout out hallelujah on such a day as this. Shout it from the rooftops. Tell somebody, Jesus is alive. He's our risen Lord. Glory to God. This was the truest sign of his deity. Praise God. John 2, 18 and 19, it says, So the Jews answered and said to him, What sign do you show to us since you do these things? And Jesus answered and said to them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up again. Praise God. Now that was one of the signs. Praise God. Look at Matthew 12, 40, the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was in three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Jesus testified his own words. He says in John 10, 17 through 18, Therefore my Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. I would, I would hope, imagine if Buddha said that. Imagine if Nelson Mandela or some of these big Oprah Winfrey, imagine somebody said such a thing. This guy, Jose Luis Miranda, said that he would resurrect, and they got him on ice right now. Imagine that. Jesus is the only one that said, I have the power to lay my life down. He says, no one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have the power to lay it down, and I have the power to take it up again. This command I have received from my Father. Point number two, our guarantee of our salvation. Remember, we read Paul's uh, fearful ifs in, in Corinthians 15. He says, if, if Christ is not risen, then all of us are still dead in our own sin. If Christ is not risen, that means there's no forgiveness and we're all eternally doomed and guilty. If Christ is not risen, then the dead have truly perished without any hope. If Christ is not risen, then that means every terminal illness known to man is truly terminal. If Christ has not risen, then there's no such thing as Christian joy because we would have nothing to live for, no hope, no future. If Christ has not risen, then Paul and the disciples are liars and their preaching is empty, void, and useless. If Christ has not risen, then we are the most of the pitiful people on planet Earth. But aha, what if Christ did rise again? Praise God. Then all of those negatives now become positives. Praise God. We are no longer dead in our own sins because Jesus washed them white as snow with this powerful shed blood. There is forgiveness of sin. We are eternally free. How about this? All of those who sleep in Christ Jesus are now blessed in his presence. And they have a blessed hope. We have a blessed hope that we will be with them again for all of eternity. How many have loved ones who died in Christ? I have several brothers, sisters, family members that I can't wait to see them. Oh, what a day of rejoicing that's going to be. We don't have a, a discouragement like the world has. We have a blessed hope that the world doesn't know anything about. Those in Christ will rise again. Their earth is, their, their tent is in the ground. Their body is in the ground. But their spirit is rejoicing now in glory. Praise God. All the terminal illnesses are now terminated in Jesus Christ. Death has truly lost its sting. Not only do we have eternal life, but we now have joy. Joy, joy, joy. Praise God. You know, happiness is fleeting, but joy is eternal. You could have joy even in the midst of trial and in the midst of conflict. This is the most important thing. 
Not one of the disciples died a martyr's death for a lie. Think about this. Paul said, if, if the resurrection didn't happen, then our preaching is void and useless, and we are the worst, the most pitiful of men. And that means everything we've said and done is a lie because we're perpetrating a fraud. Remember how in the 80s? You're perpetrating a front, perpetrating a fraud. I'm the only one in the 80s, praise God. I'm stuck in the 80s. You've been hoodwinked, bamboozled, run amok, led astray. But that is not the case. Listen, out of the disciples that were martyred, all of them but one were martyred for God. That means they had to die a brutally painful death. And they did so without complaining. They cheerfully went to the grave. I laugh because I, I remember my son. We were watching a James Bond movie. And James Bond was captured. And they had him in a chair. They tied him up in a chair. And he was sitting down in a chair. And, and he, this guy had a, a, a weight with a rope. And he was going to hit him under the chair to make sure he got the package. If you know what I'm saying. Praise God. And it was funny because as we're in the theater, I said, oh my God, this is going to be horrible. This is going to be brut brutally painful. And in the movie, they hit James Bond. And he just says, oh, may I have another? But when he said that, my son in the movie theater, he goes, my name is Joshua Rizard, my social security number, my birthday. My you know, when pain happens, we give up all the information. We turn quick. What's that thing? Go, boom, you're, hey, Joshua Rizard, my name is, you know, and you start giving up all the information. But these disciples, not one of them, when the sword was unsheathed and they're ready to chop off their head, when they tied them to the horses and they're ready to tear their limbs apart, limb from limb. When they threw him off the building, James, and he landed on the ground but was still alive. And then they took out clubs and beat him to death to finish the job. All those things that they had to go through, not once is it recorded. Not once did they say, wait a minute, this is a lie. The gig is up. I, I don't want to die right now. This is a lie. Not one. They looked up. And they cheerfully gave up their life like Stephen. He looked up in the heaven when they were stoning him. And the Bible says the heavens opened up and he saw the glory of God. No one will die for a lie. And that should be an evidence that not one person would give up themselves for a lie. No one recanted. Acts 4.20. They said, for we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. The more blood that was spilled the greater the church grew. Instead of being the most pitiful of souls, we are the most perfectly loved of God's creation. My third point. We are guaranteed of our similar resurrection ourselves. Praise God. We have proof that Jesus Christ had resurrected. The Bible says he was seen after the crucifixion, he was seen in his resurrected, glorious, glorified body. Jesus did come out of the grave. And the Bible uh, recounts Cephas, the 12, the 500 brethren, James, the apostles, even Paul himself, not to mention the three Marys at the tomb. They all saw him. They all spoke with him. Doubting Thomas put his finger through his pierced side. Numerous people saw him. Many miracles were done. After the resurrection in the 40 days that Jesus walked on earth, the Bible records that the entire earth could not hold all the books written about what Jesus did when he was on the earth. Jesus Christ is the first fruits of the resurrection. That means like the first of the harvest, praise God. Those who sleep in Christ will rise first. This is a guarantee that we have. And then all of us Christians... Those of us who are alive, the generation that is alive to see these events unfold, this generation will then rise up next when the trumpet sounds and the call is made for us. We will be resurrected, caught up, harpazoed in the twinkling of an eye. It's in the word of God. 1 Thessalonians 4, let me read it. But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. 
For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ. Notice, not just the dead. Key word here. It didn't say the dead will rise first. It said the dead in Christ. Christ. You know, like the New York Lotto, you got to be in it to win it. Praise God. If you ain't in Christ, you ain't going to rise first. It's as simple as that. The dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Saints of God, one day we shall be like the Lord. There will be no more limitations. We will be in our glorified body. There will be no more sickness, no more disease, no more death. We will be completely free. Guess what? You will have a new name. Glory to God. You'll be in a new dimension. You'll have a new ministry. When Jesus came back and he walked on the road to Emmaus and he saw his two disciples, they didn't even recognize him. And he was able to speak to them, and, and their, their, the words burned in their heart. And then they said, stranger, come inside, at least eat something. And he sat down and then revealed himself, and they realized, this is the Lord. Praise God. And what happened? He disappeared. When you have your glorified body, you could show up, you could appear, reappear. Praise God. You could be translated from one place to another place. You could think differently. You act differently. You speak differently because you're in a glorified body. That's why I said my wife could visit me in my mansion. Because in heaven, there's no need for marriage. Praise God. We're going to be married to Jesus. We're going to be connected with him forever and ever. But she's like, will you marry me again in eternity? I said, nope. One lifetime is enough, baby. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. You're the bomb.com, but no, man. Praise God. I want to throw my socks and leave them in the corner. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Saints of God, this is why it's so important to understand Resurrection Sunday morning. This is one of the greatest days in the entire year for the Christian faith. This is the greatest day for the entire world. It is right to celebrate Resurrection Sunday. It is a good thing. Happy Resurrection Day. This is the truest day of your freedom. Your liberation from sin. Your captivity is over. This is the day where, where now the access way has been made for death to life. 1 Corinthians 15. 20 through 22, it says, but now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. We know that Adam sinned and Eve, praise God, both of them. And death and disease entered the world, and the curse came into the world. Our direct relationship with God was severed, but God had a redo plan. Hallelujah. He sent his only begotten son who came and lived among us and walked among us as God's precious little lamb. Perfect, innocent, pure, and he died and rose again. And all of those that are in him will do the same. Jesus is alive, and life comes through Jesus Christ. There is no other that made a way. Jesus is the only one. Acts 4.12. No, there is no salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Jesus said of himself in John 14.6, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus Christ rose just like he said he would. He told the Pharisees, in three days, I will raise this temple up again. And three days later, he did. Christ 
is alive. He is risen. This is the single most identifiable and proven fact in human history. Even atheists know that Jesus Christ died, lived, died and rose again. But they try to suppress it. They try to uh, uh, dismiss it. But the reality is they know it. If you try uh, going in a plane and you push an atheist out of the window, the first thing say, oh my God. This event, the resurrection, it literally split time right in half. Praise God. B.C., A.D. Every time you write a date on a check, you proclaim the resurrection of the living God. His resurrection had global impact, eternal impact. That means for the rest of eternity, your fate, your destiny is sealed in the spirit. And I tell you the truth that to this very day, the enemies of Jesus, demonic forces, naysayers, scoffers are still coming against the resurrection of Christ. They still plot. They still scheme. They still scoff at Jesus Christ. And they don't even realize they're part of the prophecy because the word says in the end days, scoffers will say, where is the promise of your coming? The devil thought that he had won a mighty victory on that day but he never banked on the resurrection and this is why this holiday that we celebrate today drives the enemy so mad i'm going to talk with you this morning about something that is very important turn to your neighbor say it's about to get real heavy in this place i'm gonna need a drink for this one We do this every year. We want to talk a little bit about this holiday that has been so perverted. So many of our brothers and sisters are deceived, but the truth of God will make you free. I want you to think about something. Do Muslims have Easter bunnies in their holidays? Do Buddhists, do Muslims have rabbit eggs and they write their little God's name on it? Or Santa Claus? Do Buddhists have these fake holidays? Do they have fairy godmothers, gold fairy dust, and Easter bunnies? Of course not. The devil does not have to pervert that which is already perverted. The devil will not pervert or defile that which is already perverted and defiled. Because if he did so, he would be divided against himself. And Jesus said, a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. Brother AJ so eloquently preached about that on the three days to victory. A house divided against itself cannot stand. This is why we've been talking about kingdom living for the family. 14 weeks telling you, get your house back in order. Men, get back in line. Get back into the place of priesthood in your home. Women, come alongside your husband. Stop competing. Come in and complete. Praise God. This will bring the favor of God back to your family, back to your life. The enemy can only pervert or defile that which is truth. This is why the enemy always tries to intercept every Christian holiday or every reference to Jesus, especially regarding the resurrection. Because the enemy comes to steal the word of God and to try to pervert and defile truth. But knowledge, with knowledge comes power. And I aim to spread truth bombs in the house Amen. this morning so i want to give you a brief education on the holiday as we have known it to be called easter where it comes from where are the traditions why do we see little bunnies and little eggs all over the place let me go in number one easter is a pagan holiday it's a pagan holiday which represents homage and worship to the goddess, the false goddess, I should say, Samiramis, and her husband, Nimrod, and their son, Tammuz, a unholy trinity. If you notice, that's, I think it's Columbia Pictures or 
one of those movie things. That's Samiramis in that image that they use in many of the movies that we see. Samiramis was married to Cush, which is Noah's son. And they had a son named Nimrod, which is Noah's grandson. After the death of his father Cush, Nimrod, that's about to get gross in here, Nimrod married his own mother, Samiramis. And they had a son, an incestual son, named Tammuz. Nimrod became known as the God-man to the people. And Samiramis became known as the powerful queen. Nimrod was killed by an enemy and was cut into 14 pieces. Samiramis was trying to do some Frankenstein project and put him back to life using all of her evil, wicked witch powers. But she went out and tried to find all the pieces that were torn apart by Nimrod or of his body. And she found all 13 pieces except for one, which was his male organ. It is believed that that male organ was thrown into a river and was eaten by fish. That may sound crazy, but let me just show you something. John Podesta. I'm not getting political here, so don't worry, but this is just facts. I'm stating facts. He was Hillary Clinton's campaign manager. He was a known pedophile in the Pizzagate scandal, the Jeffrey Epstein pedo island. And there's much proof and videos and pictures, so I'm not talking of what I don't know. I've vetted this. I've thoroughly researched all this stuff. Why else would he have 14 and a little fish? Because the fish is believed to have eaten that 14th piece. These are the people that are our leaders. He's a lawyer and a campaign manager. He's very involved politically. The Washington Monument, which is called the Obelisk, it's to give tribute and homage to that missing phallus, that missing organ of Nimrod. And they are everywhere. When you look around, they're in every city. They're in every country. If you drive by a cemetery, you'll see this obelisk everywhere. It's all over Egypt, and it, it birthed there, and it went all throughout the whole world. They are everywhere. So Miramis started to tell everybody that Nimrod, actually, when he was killed, that he ascended into the heaven and became Baal, the sun god that the Egyptians talk of and worship. She taught that the moon was a goddess and actually went through a 28-day cycle and ovulated when full. She further claimed that she herself came down from the moon in a giant moon egg that fell into the Euphrates River. And this was supposed to have happened at the time of the first full moon after the spring equinox. Why am I mentioning this? Because even the artists in our day, to this day, are still giving tribute to these events. In 2011, in the Grammys, I don't know why any Christian would even watch this ridiculous uh, 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 demonic show. This is getting worse and worse every single year. But in the Grammys, Lady Gaga came into the show in an egg. And she laid in that egg for the entire show. This egg was then brought onto the stage, and that's when she was born this way. That's the album, Born This Way. And when she was on stage, she came out of this egg and began to do her demonic song and demonic dance. And people are clapping and just enjoying the shows, thinking it's wonderful. They're preaching. They're, they're sending a message to our subconscious. And they're giving homage to the same Samiramis evil wicked queen. Samiramis became known as Ishtar, which is later then pronounced Easter. And the moon egg became known as Ishtar's egg, or what we now know as Easter egg. Ishtar became pregnant and claimed that the rays of the sun god Baal caused her to conceive, again, trying to mimic the immaculate conception. It was her son and lover, Nimrod, before he died, who made her pregnant. That conception bore her a child, and that child's name was Tammuz.
and again. They tried to put this story like it was an immaculate conception to fool everybody and, and give the same story of Jesus Christ. Tammuz was very fond of rabbits, and they became very sacred in the ancient religion. And just like his dad, Tammuz was killed by a wild pig, and Samirimus claimed that he too ascended into heaven like his dad, and now he is called Ra. To commemorate his death, she proclaimed a 40-day fasting period of sorrow each year on the anniversary of the death of Tammuz. And during this time, no meat was to be eaten. The Catholics have adopted this practice and called that period or that time Lent, where for four or 40 days you're not supposed to eat any fish. And this is where the Easter egg and the Easter bunny came from, the origins of this holiday, the Lent, and all those things we discuss. It's a pagan holiday, pagan ritual. The devil perverted yet another glorious day, another glorious holy day for Christians, birthed from the death of evil people, Samirimus, Nimrod, and Tammuz, and now celebrated everywhere in our nation, even by churches, especially with little bunny rabbits and bunny uh, uh, and eggs all over the place. Do you recall in Luke 24, 5 and 6, the angel of the Lord stood upon the rock and said, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but he is risen. Jesus is alive. Our Savior is risen. Samirimus and Nimrod and Tammuz are dead. There is no such thing as a little Easter egg bunny delivering eggs to good children. We have been duped, deceived, and fooled. And the sad reality is that there are many churches in our day. Many churches. If you drive around our neighborhood, you'll see signs that says, Come to our Easter egg extravaganza." The Sound of Life radio announces almost every few hours all the numerous churches doing Easter egg hunts. We need to pray for them because the reality is they don't know any better. I'm going to say this because I hear the holy hush in the room, but many people even today have planned Easter egg hunts for their children, the kiddies, right after church. Many will hand out or have already handed out Easter baskets filled with lots of chocolates and candies and eggs. Many have uh, allowed their children to do little craft projects, coloring and painting eggs, never realizing that they are participating in homage to a wicked and evil queen and her evil offspring. Let me just say this to give you some relief right now. If you have given an Easter basket to your children, your kids, or your loved ones, it's okay. Amen? Turn your neighbor and say, you're not going to hell. Praise God. There's grace. There's mercy for you. Amen? Turn to your side and say, whew, what a relief. Hallelujah. Amen. Listen, I gave out Easter eggs and all that stuff to my kids. We even dressed them up on a few holidays of, 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 of Halloween. We've done it. But when you start to come to an understanding of the truth, it changes everything. Here's what I challenge every believer in this room. Going forward, now that you know the facts, you've got to ask yourself a question. Is this holiday, Easter, is it honoring my Jesus or is it honoring the enemy? What am I celebrating? You want your kids to have chocolate? Go buy them chocolate. It's just like Halloween, another pagan holiday. You want to know about the origins of Halloween? Come in October. I'll tell you all about it. But your kids are not missing out on anything. 
Buy them chocolates, make them cookies, do what you will, and let them enjoy themselves. But the reality is, think twice about dressing up your kid or doing these, these pagan rituals, because what's happening is there are portals being opened, and then you wonder why your kids are acting out and wilding out and not wanting to talk to you. They're rebelling and they're going crazy. It's because there's been an open portal in their life, and you were the one that gave permission and opened the door. I'm going to say this because it's going to make some people cringe, but I got to, I got to say it because I, I, you know, it's funny that we don't have a problem going to the movies and watching the conjuring and demonic, the exorcism of Emily Rose and all these demonic movies. We'll pay. We'll take our kids there. We'll buy popcorn. We'll do all. And now they got this Ouija board. That's like a Jesus Ouija board. There's so much demonic stuff. We don't have no problem paying top dollar to take our family to this crazy stuff but when the offering plate comes around the church they say ten get thee behind or we pull out one dollar boop they don't need my money look at all these people they don't need nothing from me but we'll invest in things which destroy us you see when you pull out of your pocket you're saying i'm going to support this pagan stuff when you pull out of your pocket and you start supporting it you're saying i'm in allegiance with this i'm in covenant with this Don't hate the messenger. Praise God. Because some of y'all are like, I got ants in my pants and I need to dance. You're squirming in your chair. I got ants in my pants and I need to dance. Go ahead and dance then. Dance your way to freedom. Hallelujah. The truth will set you free. The Bible says, Hosea 4.6, my people perish for lack of knowledge. Knowledge is power. The truth will make you free. John 8.32 it says, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Here's some good news. We know that Jesus rose from the dead, and he conquered sin and death, but he also conquered all the enemies of God. Colossians 2, 14 and 15. Having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way. Glory to God. Having nailed it to the cross, having disarmed all principalities and powers, and made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. This is our victory in Jesus Christ. Jesus welcomes and forgives all those who bring their sins to him. But those who trust in Jesus will never, ever be separated from the Lord. Anytime the enemy makes you think that you are lost, you're hopeless, you can never be connected, God says that's a lie. Praise God. You come to Jesus, there's room at the cross for you. Romans 8, 1, it says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Joel 2, 32, And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem, there shall be deliverance, glory to God, as the Lord has said among the remnant who the Lord calls. John 6, 37, Jesus said, these are his words, all that the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will by no means cast out. Jesus loves us. He submitted himself to the Father's will. John 6, this is the will of the Father who sent me, that of all he has given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up on the last day. And this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees in the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up on the last day. Even at the tomb, the three Marys, the three women, the angel of the Lord appears. Jesus appears. He says, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brethren to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. Jesus did come back to his disciples after the resurrection. And the same way Jesus came back for them, he is also coming back for you and for me. Praise God. Acts 1. 9 through 11, and I'm coming to my close. 
Now, when he had spoken these things while they watched, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. Early on the third day he rose, and he is coming again. The Bible says that he is coming again, and on the third day, glory to God, he will come again. Guess what, church? We are currently now in the third day. Three times. Hallelujah. There's victory in Christ. Three times in the book of Revelation 22, the last chapter in the Bible, Jesus said, Behold, I am coming quickly. That means he said it three times. It's a trisagian. It goes into eternity. As I close, I'm going to let Jesus speak his own words from John 17, 1 through 3. Jesus spoke these words, lifted up his eyes towards heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son also may glorify you. And as you have given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Saints of God, God bless you this Resurrection Sunday morning. Let's take a moment. Let's bow our heads before the throne of grace. We are so grateful to God for allowing us the opportunity to share this message with you. Thank you for listening. We want you to know that you are all in our constant prayers. If you've been blessed by today's program, why not consider partnering with us? To make a donation is easy. You can visit us online at www.specchurch.net or you can call us at 845-956-0133. Once again, that's www.specchurch.net or 845-956-0133. We invite you to worship with us one Sunday morning soon. Thank you again for your prayers and support. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. God bless you.